Now, Nevada Real Estate Radio. You'll never go wrong when you get your advice from real estate professionals that you know, like, and trust. Here is your host, Peter Padilla. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Nevada Real Estate Radio. Peter Padilla here with you today on Christmas Eve 2020. I've had a great week out and about doing my work as Santa's favorite elf, looking for the right items for the right people, for the right time, for the right day. And it's coming up fast. In fact, it's happening tomorrow, Christmas Day 2021. Going to have a great time with my family, friends, and lots of food at my home. A lot of folks are wondering, though, what 2021 is going to look like. I listen to a lot of experts talk about the economy, the real estate market, and, uh, you know, United States uh, actions in general. And 2021, although it still has a lot of questions in many people's mind, the fact is Americans are resilient, they're tough, and we keep fighting for the right and the right things every single day. And I anticipate that 2021 will be no different. What does that mean? It means there's tons of opportunities if you just have a positive attitude about real estate and about life. Let's talk more about being positive in 2021 when we come back after this quick message. Why should you do business with Sage International Incorporated instead of filing a corporation or LLC on your own, or worse, using one of those $99 plus state fee sites? First, you actually get to talk with someone who is going to work directly with you to develop a business strategy that is tailored specifically to the business you want to start. Second, unless you know what questions to ask, how do you know if the entity you choose will actually do everything you think it should, like protect your assets and significantly reduce your taxes? For over 20 years, Sage International Incorporated has helped thousands of business owners put a proper foundation under their dream. If you want to get started in the right business track, schedule your free 30-minute consultation today. Call 1-800-254-5779. That's 1-800-254-5779 or visit sageintl.com. Hi, this is Sherry Hill from Sage International wishing you all a peaceful and blessed holiday season. You're tuned into Nevada Real Estate Radio. A lot of people are calling our offices, and guess what? They don't want to talk to me. They want to talk to Sherry Hill, the wealth protection diva at Sage International. Sherry helps business owners from all across the country start up their businesses and run them the very best way possible because Sherry Hill offers outstanding business advice to any business owner that gives her a call or comes in to visit us here at our offices. You see, most of Sherry's clients are from different parts of the country. And as much as we love Northern Nevada, there are many, many great places across the U.S. that people want to start businesses, grow businesses, improve their lifestyles. And they hear about Sherry Hill and all the wonderful things she's done for other businesses in the U.S. And many times they've already done business with her, so they're coming back for a another round, a new business, a new development. They call her from all across the country, and she's available to you. If you want to visit with Sherry Hill, the Wealth Protection Diva, give her a call, 775-786-5515, or visit the website, sageintl.com, and tell them Peter sent you. Talking with listeners about the good things happening in 2021. I was listening to one of the best business prognosticators across the country, an analyst of real estate activity. His name is Barry Habib. And Barry was talking with some of the real estate and mortgage professionals in the U.S. about what he feels 2021 is going to look like. The federal government in the United States is, is creating new money to get us out of this coronavirus pandemic economic situation. And although the printing presses might not be actually running, many times you're finding that wealth in the United States, by the United States, is being created by just adding a digit or two to our national debt. That allows the federal government to issue more money to more people for a variety of reasons to either soften the blow of the coronavirus or to maintain the lifestyles that we help so many people continue in the United States 
by giving them the assistance so that they can do so. Good or bad, that's really the way it happens. So we look forward to see what is 2021 going to look like? Where are the finances going to be? And what kind of action are we going to look at? In the real estate market, in the commodities market, and in general, are we going to have a good lifestyle in the United States as Americans as we move to this new transition? I believe the answer is a definite yes, absolutely. And one of the biggest reasons is that Americans are a tough, tough bunch, battle-born in our own right across the country. And no matter what happens in 2021, we're going to look for the best for ourselves and for our families and for the people that need our help. We cannot help people, ladies and gentlemen, unless we first help ourselves. And we cannot help ourselves unless we're positive about the future. Positive in the sense that we can get things done. We can get things accomplished. That we can be truly self-reliant, where we don't need handouts from other people, handouts from the government. I suggest if we work hard and earn our way to be the very best that we can, we will appreciate it all the more. My mother taught me as a young man, you absolutely must take care of the good things in your life. Because if you don't take care of them, you essentially get your eye off the ball. And once you've got your eye off the ball, that ball can go anywhere. And you won't even know it because it's not that important to you. And what will happen ultimately is you will lose that ball. It's not important, so why keep it? It's easy enough to lose when you don't really use it. What am I getting at? It's this. You absolutely have to take care of the things that you have in your life that are important to you, the things that make your life positive, the things that make your life rewarding, the things that give you joy, have to protect them, have to take care of them. And many times, those things might be real small from a dollar value point, but they might be huge from what it really impacts in your life. I'm talking about the people in your life, the family in your life, the friends, the loved ones. These are the people that really make life worth living. Everything else is just a number. It's just temporary. Relationships, you know, they really do last forever. So we have to be nice and we have to be kind to each other. But we can't do that unless we take care. So as we look to 2021, I'm telling you, I'm hearing a lot of things about inflation, about the mass printing. And I say printing in quotes because printing money can be done digitally now. That's going to impact the value of our money. Some of the things that you might have noticed as you look at home prices, values, commodities, etc., it's all going up. Median home price in northern Nevada is over $450,000, approaching half a million dollars for a typical three-bedroom, two-bath, two-car garage home. The price of gold has gone up dramatically in the last 20 years. From being down in the range of about $300 an ounce, now in 2021, gold is priced at over $1,800 an ounce. Unbelievable. You look at some of the other commodities across the country and around the world, silver has gone up dramatically from just under $5 an ounce to over $25 an ounce in the last 20 years. And let's look at home values. I moved to northern Nevada in 2000, got into the mortgage business in 2004. By the time we hit 2012, the median home price for a three-bedroom, two-bath, two-car garage in northern Nevada, that home was median home price at $150,000. So comparing that to today's median home price of over $450,000, it's easier to do the math. Home values have tripled in the last 16 years. It is just amazing. What that should say to you is that buying real estate is a great investment for a variety of reasons. Not only does the appreciation seem to 
be consistent when you look over a long period of time. It goes up on the average of 35 to 4% per year, but it also provides somebody a place to live. I mean, let's face it, no matter where you are in your life, you have got to pay rent, a house payment. A friend uh, might ask you to move in with them if you give them some of the rent money or some of the mortgage money every month. You've got to pay in one way, shape, or form every month just for your housing. So if you're going to do that anyway, why not make a mortgage payment instead of a rent payment? Because when you're making a rent payment, you basically are making a mortgage payment. The only difference is you're making somebody else's mortgage payment. The landlord, that person, the owner of the house, is getting your rent payment, paying their mortgage payment. They're probably even having a few bucks left over at the end, which they put in the bank, use as a profit. Maybe it's a rainy day fund for repairs. You know, there's a variety of things that a good landlord does with their rent money. But one of the wisest things they do probably is hang on to as much as they can, pay the mortgage, and continue to build equity. That's something that you could do if you were the owner of this property instead of the renter. A great way to get started is by talking to people that can help you acquire the assets, the down payment, everything you need to get started in getting a mortgage so that you can make an offer on a home to purchase. We're going to talk about some of the best options to get a mortgage later on the show. But, you know, the best place to get started is by thinking in your head that you absolutely want to buy your own home. No more renting for you. You have to get things in order. Work on your credit. Save some money. Take care of your rental home so that you can transition to owning your own home, and then you'll be taking care of that home as well. I have always felt like somebody who's a very good renter, pays their rent on time, takes care of their property, and really builds up a good reputation with their landlord, that person is a great candidate to plan on buying their own home. Want to learn more? Give me a call anytime after the show, and I'll be glad to talk to you and help you get started so that you can get on your way to becoming a homeowner if you're not, and maybe to becoming an investment property owner if you're already owning your own primary residence, but you'd like to have more in skin in the game. This is a great way to do it. Investment property, we'll talk about that and more when we come back after this quick message. Hello, I'm Brian Cushing, Senior Loan Officer at Guild Mortgage. Join me and the rest of the Nevada Real Estate Radio team right here on 1180 AM Radio. I love talking about my specialty, the mortgage world, and how we help families in Northern Nevada accomplish their dreams of home ownership. Make sure you totally understand before you sign on the dotted line. Tune in to Nevada Real Estate Radio, Thursday, 3 p.m. on 1180 AM Radio. Nevada Real Estate Radio. Guild Mortgage Company is an equal housing lender. Company NMLS number 3274. NV Banker number 1076. NV Broker number 1141. Brian Cushing NMLS number 303045. Telephone number 775-453-0345. Located in 6990 South McCarran Boulevard, Suite 200. Reno, Nevada 89509. All loans subject to underwriter approval. Terms and conditions may apply. Subject to change without notice. We're back on Nevada Real Estate Radio. If you're interested in talking to somebody about getting a mortgage, I recommend that you talk with Brian Cushing from the Guild Cushing team here in Northern Nevada. Outstanding lenders, outstanding people. When you work with Brian Cushing and the people at Guild Mortgage, all of Brian's contact information is on our website, nevadarealestateradio.com. Check it out and you'll be on your way to home ownership. Today I'm talking about investment property, how to purchase investment property, how to think about the next year that's coming up fast on a positive note so that you can take some good action as opposed to 
camping out, hiding, being afraid. There are a lot of naysayers in this world. I've had to disconnect myself from some people, not only in person, but in the digital world, because they're full of negativities. Negativities. Always talking about the bad things in life. They're always looking at the negative sides of things. They're always fearful. They're always sad, and they're always lonely. I've never really figured out why people like this love to share their sadness with others. Every now and then I need to get a few things off my chest and I talk to somebody or two about these things to get some guidance or advice. But my goal is always to be positive and to be happy. And that's why I talk about those challenges so they can move on. But there are others, ladies and gentlemen, that are consistent, consistently negative. I encourage you to really do a good analysis of the people in your world. And if you've got somebody that's constantly coming to you, either in person or digitally, and they had nothing positive to your life, it's just negative after negative after negative, do yourself a favor. Disconnect yourself from these people and let them move on in their world. Once you get negatives out of your world, you will be absolutely amazed at what you can do. Encouragement is a great source of rocket fuel. When it comes time to think about purchasing investment real estate, you've got to understand that purchasing real estate is not for everyone, but anyone could do it if they had the appropriate safeguards and the appropriate training for a successful transaction. Let's talk about three types of rental properties. Residential. These are properties from one to four units that are rented out to individuals, families. There's commercial real estate. These are office buildings that are rented out to, obviously, companies that need, uh, need an office, need business location. And then there's industrial. These are buildings rented out to companies that are used for non-office type of businesses. No retail. It's for things like manufacturing, warehousing, storage, etc. There's two major strategies when purchasing real estate and residential properties. There's short-term purchasing and long-term purchasing. So let's talk about short-term purchasing. That happens when an investor or a buyer is looking at a, let's say, a fixer-up. They do the quick repairs, maybe some renovation paint. Then you sell it for a profit over what you paid for it and what your expenses were. Now, this strategy requires knowledge of the current market, but also knowledge of the future potential market for this property and what it could sell for when improvements are complete and then maybe a year or two down the road. Long-term purchasing is a little bit different. It occurs when somebody, let's say, rents their first home and then purchases another one to live in. And then if they have a mortgage payment on the new rental property, uh, maybe they rent it out for a little bit more than the mortgage is. And um, they keep this property for a long time, eventually to you know, finish off paying the loan, maybe 25 or 30 years, it'll be paid off. And the rents eventually produce uh, positive, passive, consistent income. Really, your only expenses on property are maintenance costs and standard repairs, taxes, and, of course, the mortgage payment. So if you work out a strategy where it pencils, pencil is like a verb, it means that your profit is there. If you look at your costs and all your expenses, this property is going to pencil it's going to result in positive cash flow that's when you make a good deal on buying investment property there's really two major considerations too when you consider where to invest so you could purchase in the overall market that you purchase in and this market could be in a different city or a different state it could also be close to where you live so that you can keep an eye on the market and keep an eye on your property and maybe do some of the repairs yourself or at least do some of the inspections yourself and then you'll have a better supervisorial opportunity when it comes time to talking with maintenance men and repairmen and so forth so when you need to do work on your home you know you can get it done the way that you want and uh, see it as it's happening not wait till it's all done so Purchasing real estate property really does mean that you're going to have to 
maintain that property. It's going to have to be you're going to have to be taking care of that property. And like I said earlier in the show, like everything else, if you don't keep an eye on the things that are important to you, like your investment property, you will lose it in one way, shape, or form. You'll lose it and it will deteriorate. You'll lose it and you will have it repossessed because you didn't make the payments. You'll lose it because somebody destroyed it because you weren't diligent enough in making sure that people take care of your investment property. When you buy investment property, you're going to have to manage it. You're going to have to talk to people that are going to help you maintain it, collect the rents, maybe monitor for uh, opportunities to find new tenants when the property becomes vacant. Or if there's a problem with the tenant, you're going to have to find a way to eliminate that problem, essentially evict that problem, evict that tenant if necessary, so that you can have a better handle on your investment property and how it's going to take care of you and your family for the months to come. So many people forget that their history their character is always on the line when they're looking to get a mortgage to purchase a home. I'm not sure that the credit report really says it all by its own name, credit report, because there are so many things in a mortgage credit report I know. It really is more of a character report. A mortgage lender orders a credit report, yes, to see the score, but the score is only one part of the puzzle. You have to have a certain score in order to move forward in the mortgage process. But even if you have that score, there are other things on the credit report that can be significant roadblocks. If you have an unpaid judgment, it's going to appear in your credit report. And until that unpaid judgment is resolved, I don't know of any lending institution that will offer a mortgage, even if you've got an 800 credit score. Regardless, that judgment has priority and it has to be resolved. It either needs to be paid, corrected, um, written off. Something has to be done so that it's removed from the credit report so that the bank, the lending institution, has the security of lending money not, and knowing that if anything happens, they're always going to be in first position. And then you've also got to look at some of the potential errors that may well appear on a credit report. Sometimes there's uh, past dues that aren't yours. Sometimes there are accounts that may not be yours. If you're an individual that has a child and that child has the same name as you, only it's a junior or the second or the third, there's always possibilities that some accounts might have been crossed when they were sent to the credit report or the way that the credit reporting bureau interpreted the data may have been mixed up because your names are so similar. I've seen instances where John Doe is applying for a mortgage and he sees another John Doe's credit information on his credit report. Sometimes that credit report is information is not only incorrect, but it's so bad that the John Doe that is deserving of a mortgage may not get a mortgage because this unknown person that is intermingled with his own credit report has been doing some things that are on the negative side, like missing payments, opening up accounts one after the other, only making the minimum payments. Maybe that person has a lot of balance numbers on their credit card, so they're right at their limit of capacity. Well, these are the things that can really put big roadblocks in your ability to move forward to purchasing a home, be it for primary residence or investment property. So always have your credit report checked by a licensed mortgage lender. That lender is going to order a credit report that is not like the free credit reports you get online or from a retail location that you might have an account with. You see, this credit report from a mortgage lender is designed to give you the go-ahead to get a large amount of money if everything is in good order. So they're going to scrutinize that credit report all the way down to the very, very end. The day before you close on your mortgage, I guarantee you the lending institution is going to double-check your credit one more time. They want to make sure that you haven't done something in the last few days before closing on your mortgage that could impact your ability to make the payments. Let me give you an example. 
I remember one borrower was fully approved for a mortgage, was about to close in just another day or two on his mortgage, and I had gotten him all set up. We would had the signing appointment ready to go at the title company. The sellers were excited because they were going to get to make their purchase on their home after they closed on the home they were selling to my borrower. And the closing was just coming up in a couple of days. When out of the blue, my borrower calls me and said, Hey, Peter, I just want to give you some exciting news. I have a new job. Oh, my gosh, I'm thinking to myself, why does he have a new job? This, is, this may well kill his real estate deal. But then I thought to myself, well, he might have been promoted. Maybe he's being transferred to a new department and his work at this company that he's been with for over 10 years is going to finally pay off. He's going to get a management position. Well, that was not the case. When I asked him what he was going to do, he said to me that he quit his job and he's going to start his own business. He's going to be his own handyman business, he said. He is getting out of the restaurant business where he's been for over 10 years. Well, unfortunately for him, the bank would not approve his loan from that point on because they did everything based on his employment as a restaurant manager. The rule said he had to be in business for two years before he could apply for a mortgage with this company and probably with most companies. Had he called me first before he made this change in his life, things would have been real different. He might have been able to hold off for a month to make the big change, close on the real estate transaction, and away he goes. He'd be in his new home. But he made a decision and made a choice before he talked to his mortgage pro. Don't let that happen to you. Talk to your mortgage professional all the way to the very end before you make any major changes in your financial picture. We'll continue to have more information for you so you can make a great deal when you purchase a home in northern Nevada. So stay tuned. We'll be back with more on Nevada Real Estate Radio after this. Sage International Incorporated, we believe if you know the way, you must light it for others. Owning a business can be hard, demanding, and even bizarre. At Sage International, our passion centers on education, which is based on our own experiences of building a company from scratch, along with the insights gained from the thousands of clients we have served. If you are a business owner, real estate investor, professional or entrepreneur, and not sure how to properly structure your business and personal assets to safely grow, protect, and leverage your hard-earned wealth from the three flaming arrows of challenge, income taxes, liability exposure, probate, and estate taxes, then call Sage International Incorporated at 775-786-5515 to schedule a free 30-minute consultation with Sherry Hill today. That's 775-786-5515. Call Sage International. I love Sherry Hill, and you will too after you listen to the Sherry Hill Radio Show. Sherry Hill is known as the wealth protection diva because she knows the world of business like no one else. Robert Kiyosaki, author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, recommended her book, Incorporate and Get Rich. And to this day, the phone keeps on ringing from people that want more success from their business. Tune in every Monday to the Sherry Hill Radio Show, 1130 a.m. right here on 1180 a.m. radio, the Sherry Hill Show, Mondays, 1130 a.m. This is our 15th year of broadcasting weekly Nevada Real Estate Radio here in northern Nevada. Many people listen to us across the country, of course, because we stream our radio show on America Matters Media, and then we post the podcast, NevadaRealEstateRadio.com. You'll see all the shows that we've done previously. If you want to hear the entire show, maybe you just caught part of another show, or you got to tune away from this show, that's what we do. We get them posted up there when we're done. So you have a chance to listen again, Nevada Real Estate Radio. Earlier on one of our other shows, I talked about how to get out of debt by manipulating manipulating some of our habits and how we buy, how we sell, how we pay our bills, the importance we put on certain expenses. And that's just part of being successful in the world of real estate. We have to get control of our lives, our financial lives. And Sometimes it's really tough to do that, you know, because sometimes uh, you talk to people about saving money and they tell me, Peter, I don't have any money to save. Well, you know, the fact is I can understand that. But most people, most people who say that have expenditures, I can almost guarantee you, 
that they could sacrifice for a little while, do without, change some habits, and before long, they might have a little nest egg that they can do something with. I have a feeling that most of us have things like that. We just don't really think it's going to have that much impact on our lives. And maybe as one element of trying to become more financially independent, it seems like a small thing. But when, when I talk about making little changes in your lives, you'll be amazed how sometimes making one little change in your life has a big impact on other things in your life. And the reason is simple. It's because you prioritize the way that you're thinking. If you want to think like a more successful business person, a more successful saver, a more successful home buyer, home seller, all you have to really do is start thinking like that because you're going to become what you think about. Many books have been written about that theory. It's actually, I think, a postulate. It happens. Think about what you want to happen in your day, and that's probably what's going to happen in your day. So when you think about saving a few dollars here and there or cutting some expenses, it may not have a big impact on your overall outlook of your financial picture, but you'll be amazed what it does to the rest of your picture. It's like a spice. If you like to cook the way I do, sometimes adding just a touch of oregano or maybe just a touch of cilantro or a touch of this, touch of that, right? And suddenly you have a whole new outlook on this incredible dish you're cooking. Your financial future is the same way. So one of the things that we talked about in saving money and paying off debt is really to focus on your expenses and your debts so that you can meet them. But here's what I want to talk to you about today. I want to talk about making a little bit of an investment in yourself. It's called the Peter's Pay It Forward program because you pay it forward the way I do. I paid it forward to Peter, to me. You know, I thought about how I can best help people, and that is for me to be financially secure and unafraid of my future because I owe so much money to so many people, entities, whatever. No, no more. You can have control of your life when you don't have so many obligations, so many people pulling at you. So, give you an example. We'll start with your rent. I remember my landlord when I was a young man could see that I was struggling sometimes to pay my rent because I was maybe a day late, two days, three days, and I had a very understanding landlord. And my landlord and I got to talking about my challenges getting the rent on time, and I kept telling him I'm going to do the very best. He said to me, Peter, I'll, I'll give you, tell you what I'll do. He says, you can pay me half of the rent at the first of the month and then the other half at the 15th of the month. Would that help you out? And I thought about it. I said, well, absolutely. You know what I had gained there? I had gained the amount of money that half a month's rent equaled because now I did not have to pay it to anybody on the 1st. I had that money in my pocket until the 15th. So I instantly, I mean, I instantly improved my financial outlet. I was able to pay some bills that I could not have paid if I would have had to pay the full dollar amount of the rent on the 1st of the month, but my delightful landlord said to me, you can only pay me half, that's fine, pay me the other half on the 15th, and you know what, I did that. And I started paying my rent twice a month, on the 1st and the 15th, and my landlord was happy, and I was happy, and you know what, my life improved dramatically, dramatically. I did not even have to earn more money, spend less, make more money. It was my life improved immediately. Imagine if you could do something like that. That'd be one option, a great option to consider. But here's the other thing that I would consider as well, because it's very unlikely you're going to get somebody to do that for you. I started doing the Peter's Pay It Forward program, and suddenly I started to feel some of the same benefits, many of the same benefits, many years later that I felt back then when I had that trusting and understanding landlord. So here's what I did. I was in my new world, in my new life, and my rent was due, just like always on the first of the month. And I struggled to make that payment on the first of the month because I was a commission worker and I got my biggest check late in the month. So I was always at a challenge, right? I had the money one part of the month and my bills were low and then I had this bigger payment due, the rent, at another part of the month, but that's when my check was really low. And so it was always a struggle trying to stay ahead and keep up. 
And then I decided I would see if I could do something similar. I went to my landlord and I asked my landlord, I want to know if I can pay you twice a month instead of once a month for my rent payment. And my landlord looked at me and, well, she kind of frowned. She was expecting her full rent that day. And she said, well, no, I got to have the whole rent. And I said, okay, um, so here is the thing. I'm going to go ahead and give you your whole rent payment for the month here in uh, 1st of October. I handed her the full rent payment in October. And I said to her, may I give you an advance on next month's rent for November? So that when that comes around, I already would have paid you a little extra already in advance. Is that okay? She was, again, a little bit puzzled. She says, well, what do you mean? I said, well, no, what I'd like to start doing is like on the 15th of this month, the 15th of October, I know my rent's not due until November 1st, but what I'd like to do is send you $100. And then when my rent is due in November, like normal on the November 1st, instead of giving you the full $1,000, I'll give you the rest of it then. I'll give you $900. Is that okay? I'll give you that $100 in advance. And she said, wow, well, I, I guess, she said, that'd be all right. And away we went, right? So that's exactly what I did. I found a way. I scraped up $100 to give her in advance on the 15th of the month before my rent was due the next month. How'd the rest end up? Let me tell you. On this radio show, our Nevada Real Estate Radio, I've learned from so many of my guests and listeners that have called to talk to me as well. And i got to tell you, this is a trick that I learned just from dealing with people. Because the next month, in November, I gave her the $900 on the first of the month. And on the 15th, I didn't give her $100. I gave her $150. She had no problem, no complaint. When she received the check, she cashed it as normal. And away we went. My next payment for the month, of course, was not $1,000 or even $900. It was now down to $850. The following month, on the 15th of the month, I gave her $200. And then on the first of the month that followed, my balance was $800. This continued, ladies and gentlemen, until I was to the point where on the 15th of the month, I was giving my landlady half of the rent, $500. And on the first of the month, on the following month, I was giving her the rest, the other $500. So you see what I had done. I had reduced my per paycheck amounts that I needed to pay. I had made a great friend with my landlady because she was getting half of her rent in advance every month. And I was only being impacted by $500 per pay period instead of $1,000. And the other thing is this. Miraculously, I started to find more money in my checking account. I mean, the fact that I was so focused on making this happen made me avoid little petty expenses that in the big picture may not seem like a lot, but have a huge impact in the way that you live your life. When you think about being efficient, you're thinking about being not only financially efficient, but think about ecologically efficient. The less stuff we buy from China, the less pollution we're going to support. The more junk we buy in small plastic packages that we have to throw into the landfill, the more we will pollute. The more we focus on doing things that improve our lives and our lifestyles simultaneously, the less negative impact we have on the world. So many of us struggle because we put ourselves in so much stress. And a lot of the stress comes because we have obligations, financial obligations. And when we can barely make it to the finish line every time, and when the finish line is always so distant, it puts a lot of stress on you, your family, your loved ones. You can't think very well. I know I had that problem. I don't struggle like that anymore. I really feel like I have good control on my finances because I, I do what you have to do to be successful in anything. You've got to stay ahead of the game. 
you got to stay ahead of all the negative forces out there. Having a good eye on your finances, Peter's Pay It Forward program worked for me. And if you want more details on how it worked, call me anytime after the show, and we'll give you some great advice from our full team here at Sage International, 775-786-5515. Or visit our website, sageintl.com. Natakwa, Natakwa News, the original, entertaining, informative, and historic publication. Natakwa News is a community newspaper with good news, history, travel, and fun. Natakwa News is delivered to the north slopes of the Sierra Nevada throughout Nevada and California. It's a delightful experience of yesteryear. The articles are outstanding, and the illustrations bring the stories to life. Fun for all ages. Natakwa News. Pick up your copy today. I'm glad you're tuned in to our radio show today, helping people make great decisions when it comes time to buy or sell real estate. Many people that I talk to tell me that they really don't think they're in a position where they can buy real estate because they either don't have enough income for down payment, maybe they have bad credit, maybe their income is so low they can barely afford to pay their bills, and so forth and so forth, right? We hear all those stories when we ask people why they're renting instead of buying a home. I think it really all comes down to one major thing, and that's this, debt. How much debt is in your life? Because like a bad influence in your life, debt too can influence your life in bad ways. It can make you think about things differently because you have learned to have debt to tolerate debt in your life, and now this is the kind of person that you are, a person that allows themselves to be indebted always to others can not have as much control over their life as a person that doesn't have debt hanging over them. So on this segment today, we're going to be talking about how to be debt-free in as little as one year depending on your individual circumstance. And I'm going to tell you this for two very good reasons. One, I've used this system and it has worked for me. Two, I learned this system a number of years ago when I got into the mortgage world and my mortgage mentor, God rest his soul, Ben Barker, my mentor passed away in 2014. And I miss him today. Ben Barker was one of the smartest mortgage lenders I've ever met. Not only because he was a great mortgage lender, that's what he did for a living. Ben Barker was a great instructor and he was a great motivator and leader. He was like a Klingon, if you know what I'm talking about with Star Trek. He was one of those people that he got in your face and he told you exactly what he thought. I loved Ben Barker. Let me tell you what I learned from him about being debt free so the main thing is this, debt is really killing Americans' ability to purchase a home. The average American has saved very little of their income. Uh, the most recent stats are anywhere from 0.05 to 1% of their income. And, you know, we actually see that most people, you know, are spending their way into trouble. The bottom line is that you cannot build your own value, your own wealth, if you owe other people money. Ben Barker used to put together a great class on being debt-free in a year, and my notes from him are what I live by. Let's look at the key stats. The average American has over $15,000 in unsecured debt. $15,000 of unsecured debt, that's not very high by today's standards, but that is a lot of money regardless. Our grandparents didn't even have credit cards, and they did pretty good without them. I remember my mom sending me to the store to get some groceries, and my mom would tell me to sign for it. And I would just sign for it. And she knew the store owner. The store owner know me, knew me, my family, her. He knew that my dad got paid about once a month and that my mom would come in and pay the debt. And she did that. You see, she was using debt, that kind of debt, that kind of credit in a good way. She was maintaining cash flow at home so that when my dad got paid, that's when she paid the bills and then she could live without having to spend any more money until the next time she'd pay the bills. But there's good debt and there's bad debt. Bad debt is any debt that you use to buy non-assets, okay, when you look at it. If you go into debt to buy a toy, that's bad debt. 
if you go into a, into debt to have some fun, take a vacation, go to an amusement park, that's bad debt. You know, it's hard to get rich when you're constantly pulling money out of your pocket and spending it like, you know, fact is, when you're spending, 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 you don't think about paying any money to yourself. I mean, who is the most important life that you think about in your world? It should be your own. If you don't take care of yourself, you cannot take care of other people, whether we are talking from a physical standpoint or a financial standpoint, you have got to get yourself out of debt. Psychologically, it makes you feel better. And being out of debt, how much stress do you think that would take out of your life? You know, some families actually go as far as divorce because of debt. Either they both got into it, one got in it, they're fighting about it, whatever the reason, but debt is a uh, saber. It is trouble in a relationship. You know, when you have a lot of debt and you interact with different people, you'd be surprised. So you can set an example for your kids, your friends, your family members by being one of those persons that's a leader in society. Working yourself out of debt, staying out of debt. You know, when you're out of debt, you actually even feel better. I know that because with less stress, you're happier, you smile better, you use better muscles, you maybe exercise, go for walks, have fun. It's hard to do that when you're constantly thinking about how you're going to pay your debts and what this next debt that you're going to take on. Your life will be so much simpler without a whole bunch of debt. But how do you get out of debt? I'm going to tell you. You're listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio. My name is Peter Padilla, and I learned how to get out of debt, how to be debt-free in a year, from my mentor, Ben Barker. And here's how you do it. In your first step, what you do is you, you have to add up all of your debts. Put them on a piece of paper. Put them on a spreadsheet. Put them on one line. List up your debts. First of all, your credit cards. If you have two, three, four, five, it doesn't matter. Put each one in there separately so you can add the total for each credit card. Then if you've got payments, personal loans, student loans, car payments. Who doesn't have a car payment, it seems like, right? Put that in there because that's one of your debts. You're paying that every month. Anything that you're paying on a regular basis that you have to pay, that you have to pay. That's the important thing that you have to pay. I'm not talking about tickets to the movies. I'm not talking about trips to Tahoe. I'm not talking about football tickets to next year's whatever game, whatever sport, whatever thing. I'm talking about things that you absolutely, these are the necessities. Put them down there in your monthly payments. Now, you look at all your debts and you see all those credit cards. Here's the first thing you got to do. It's the hardest part of this whole process. You cut up all your cards except for one of them. Do not close those accounts because those accounts are going to work in your favor. They're going to work in your favor. You're not going to close those accounts. You're going to tear up the cards so you don't add any more debt to those balances. The next thing you're going to do is if you own your home, you're going to get a second mortgage or a new first mortgage to consolidate all of that debt that you have up there. That sounds crazy, doesn't it? I mean, why do I want to refine my house just because I got some credit card debt? Listen, if it's a major debt that you can't handle, you need to know every single option you have. And I think this is a great option for the right people. A first mortgage or a second mortgage is going to do this. First of all, remember, you're only going to do it once. The idea is you only do this once in your life. This is a part of getting out of a big hole. You need a certain kind of shovel, and this is a great shovel. The second mortgage or a new first mortgage. It makes sense because you can bring down your average interest rate down from whatever you're paying right now, which I guarantee you is somewhere in the neighborhood of 16 to 26% on that credit card, you can bring it down to today's new low interest mortgage rates. I mean, we're talking about two point something, three point something, maybe 4%. That's a huge, huge difference in the amount of money you'll have to pay monthly to get that credit card paid off. Your effective interest rate on your mortgage really goes from whatever the note is, it goes down even that lower than that. And you know why? Because home loan interest is tax deductible from your ordinary earned income. At least that's the case in my personal tax world. Everybody's is different, and I encourage you to talk to your own tax professional. Remember, I am not a tax professional or a CPA. Please talk to them about your tax implications before you apply or sign documents on a mortgage. Now, if you can't do a refi, you don't own a home, you can't get a first mortgage, what do you do? 
You can consolidate all your debts into one or two credit cards. And, and then see if you can negotiate a lower rate on either one of these cards. And I guarantee you, your chances are pretty good that you can. Sometimes you just have to ask for things in this world, you know? Like ask to reduce your debt. This is a great way. It's a great way to help you reduce your debt. Remind those people when you're talking to them, asking about reducing your interest on your credit cards. You're trying to reduce your debt. You're trying to get out of debt, and we need their help to do that. Ask your credit company. Ask them if you'll make a deal. Ask them, what can I do? What can we do to lower my interest rate? After you go through that process, whether you can or you can't, the idea is to make sure you're making the minimum payments on all the credit cards except for one of them, just the minimum payment. Then take any leftover money and use it to pay off one credit card at a time. As you pay off each credit card, you'll have little celebrations, little chances to have fun. And this will encourage you to keep going. I remember when I paid off that first credit card, I thought, wow, if I can do that, I can pay off the other two. It's an amazing process. And then you go with the next system, which is when you buy things, make sure you're paying the least amount that you need to. And make sure you know what you're buying. In fact, go with an all-cash system. I know everybody uses credit cards, but here's what I'm saying. In your mind, this is cash. And if you can do it, go to cash. I use a lot of cash. I love cash. It's fun. It's different. But write down what you spend for groceries, clothes, eating out, fun money, and say, what's your budget? Make sure the amounts are reasonable and that that's where you're going to stay on every single month. And if you've got car payments, remember this, they can be a killer. The idea is you've got to find a way to get your payments down, and car payments is one of the biggest payments most people have. If you have car payments now, see if you can not have one. Sell your car, then pay a cash amount for a you know, less expensive car. If you already have negative equity in your car, pay it off. And when you pay it off and you're going to buy another one, don't go getting in debt again. Pay cash for your used car, something you can afford, and let somebody else take that huge depreciation. That alone is going to help you get out of debt maybe in as soon as one year. If you want to learn more, I encourage you to call me at Nevada Real Estate Radio, and I can point you in some great directions. Have questions for our professional staff at Sage International. Call me at 775-786-5515 and tell me that you want to be debt-free in one year. You have been listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. We value your listenership and appreciate your feedback. Want to talk with Peter? Send an email to peter at nevadarealestateradio.com.